Hello and welcome to episode number. What episode number is it, Tom? Fifty-two. I'm happy with that. Yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> isn't we're sticking with fifty-two? And Tom, who's with us today? Our eighth favourite artist. Oh, uh, sixth. Oh, <laughs> oh, no, we're supposed to have. Con- I'm supposed to be consulting about this, Tom. All right, so eight. Yes. Overruled. That's how we had, we do things here. Hello, Lucy. You alright? I'm good. Thank how you. How are you alright with your status of being eighth? Being well, I was delighted for, to be sixth for what was that? Approximately two <laughs> seconds, maybe. Yeah. I had a, a heyday. I had a moment there. The Tom giveth and the Mark <laughs> well, take it away. Yeah, well, I could have argued for you a bit stronger. I thought she was a show's favourite artist. No, eighth. Eighth. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Stop it. Can you give us the rundown no. of our... No. Yeah, who's above me in this list? Um, yeah. We, yeah, we can do something about those seven. Yeah. 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 I need yeah, to know. I want names. Bump, <laughs> bump them off, yeah. <laughs> right, so um, today I thought I'd pick a fun pioneering artist great <laughs> there's a lot of silence there I didn't know how to build it an Italian artist called Piero Manzoni Manzoni <laughs> we've talked about this before you're really good at pronouncing foreign names because you watch so much football don't you alright do you want me to try and pronounce it go on, yeah, pass go us the, paper. the whole name so he was born in 1933. Are you doing the biography? <laughs> oh, no, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, do the biography if you want, Tom. You do it. Uh, his full name was Count Moroni Manzoni di Cioscar e Poggiolo. <laughs> Poggiolo. Poggiolo. Right, I think I'll... He think. was a count. Yes, he was from an aristocratic background. Oh, right, yeah. So he had a sort of the standard Catholic upbringing, whatever the standard Catholic upbringing is, and he didn't go to art school, and he actually made his artistic debut in 1956. And what he did then was what would be described as anthropomorphic uh, paintings, sort of human-like shapes and silhouettes of objects, and they were very textural, and that's how he uh, started off. But he's actually a really revolutionary and fun artist I mean he's the artist that's influenced so many such as uh, Marina Abramovich and Damien Hirst Gavin Turk so he's a really important artist he's an artist who's set the uh, the example of being an artist that just said do whatever you want The Rules of Art by Count Manzoni yeah anything can be art anything you want to do just do it it's art he sounds posh doesn't he <laughs> I've got it. Do you know what? You wouldn't believe it. I've got grade two poetry reading. Is that even a thing? Poetry yeah. reading? Grades? Yeah. You get graded grades. on poetry? I know, and then I went. Is to, that like music grades? Yeah. You wouldn't believe it from my voice, would you? It's a little bit like being eighth favourite artist, isn't it? <laughs> grade two in poetry. <laughs> yeah, someone's upset. No, someone's no, not going to get. That's not the way to get to number seven. <laughs> <laughs> so at the time in Italy it was a great sort of like in the 50s when he started out it was a sort of great period of experimentation and change in art and there were artists such as Lucio Fontana he's famous for cutting through the canvas and going working through the surface of the canvas so his, his works are very very famous 
and of course the our favourite uh, Yves Klein probably about number five I would think in Yves, yeah I'm not sure who's Yves Klein have we done Yves Klein blue. blue blue in our blue special blue yeah. yeah so all these artists were around at the time and Manzoni decided to create these works now what these works were called they were called achromes and they were works on canvas or on on a wall and they were all white and basically that was so they had an absence of color he wanted to create works that had nothing to do with narrative of the artist so it had to all be about the work the material process so for instance one technique he, he created was dipping a canvas into a liquid white china clay and then it was left to dry and it would create a sort of wrinkled surface. So there's no narrative, it's nothing to do with what he thinks. He wouldn't have got an <laughs> MA. Wouldn't he? No. Why not? Because it's all about the narrative. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, that's strange. Even if a... you don't want it to be. So, so what he did was as well is he would use materials like cotton, sometimes felt, fiberglass, polystyrene, even once put bread and paint them white and sort of bread rolls. Well, the bread on the wall that you mentioned, that reminds me of the banana on the wall that we yeah. had. That well, one. that's the thing. It's another Italian, isn't it? Maurizio Catalan. Absolutely. So that's the whole thing. You know, there's a whole line. A lot of artists have been influenced by it. <laughs> a lot of Italian artists have been sticking food on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> I went to see an, an artwork recently of uh, sandwiches in resin. Nice. There you go. Yeah. Sandwiches in resin? Yeah. So you, like can't, you can't eat them? Yeah, but they were preserved. 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 All right, yeah, for future scientists. Yeah. I think the idea was, I mean, it's something that's very representative of our time and no one ever goes to preserve those kind of things, do they? Yeah, so in a future Jurassic Park, we can have those sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not a very good Jurassic Park because there won't be any dinosaurs, it'll just be humans. And <laughs> sandwiches. <laughs> Sandwich Park, <Yeah>. maybe. <laughs> Now, he was always, Manzoni was always fun and playful. And he came up with this idea of putting himself in the work. And so what he thought he'd do is he'd use his breath to create the work. So he actually produced a work called Artist's Air. And that came out around about the uh, late 1950s. Well, actually 1959 to 1960. work was was um, a little box and it had a mouthpiece a tripod and a deflated balloon and he made 45 copies of these and the person who purchased it could either blow up the balloon themselves or for an extra 200 lira manzoni would inflate the balloon for them now that's not very much is it 200 lira i imagine even in the 50s or whenever no, this was probably quite a bargain really if you think yeah. about how much it's worth now didn't you say per litre yes which is oh 200 that's interest because i think oh, they're yeah. quite big balloons oh right okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> so the idea was and he's, he's done other ones where he's just produced uh, a balloon so similar sort of thing and put it on a plinth and it's been tied to a piece of string and there's a little bit of just a two lead weights that hold the balloon down to the plinth that it's placed on and the idea was 
that behind them was he was saying you know when i blow up a balloon i'm breathing my soul into an object that becomes eternal so it's this idea he hasn't been to many birthday parties has he? <laughs> well he certainly hasn't cleaned up after them has he <laughs> no, <he isn't. laughs> uh, yeah go on sorry you would have him round for birthday parties because the value your your birthday party would become an investment rather than a drain it'd be expensive to blow up all the balloons eh? yeah <laughs> yeah you wouldn't have him round that man's only round <laughs> yeah is he still alive, Manzoni? No, no, he died. Died age 29. The thing is, also with this work, is it's kind of, he was using rubber, so it's very ephemeral, sort of very fleeting. And, you know, because obviously the balloon kind of deflates over time. And it's like a, uh, I don't know if you know, if you've heard of Memento Mori, which are a series of paintings that show objects like skulls and timepieces. And basically, memento mori means remember you must die. And it's kind of like a painting that people would have on their wall to remind them that, cheery, you know, have a good time because you're going to die. So these works almost like that. You know, it doesn't, it won't last forever. This breath, this this piece, it will eventually sort of wither away and end up becoming nothing. Yeah. And interestingly enough, um, this is a question that I've always thought about is. In the Tate, they've got one of his balloon pieces and it's now just a plinth with a red, sticky-looking balloon mess. Just the remnants of a balloon with no breath in it. Yeah, how did he die? Because, I mean, was he planning his death at this stage he was making this piece? No, was no, it part of the piece, his death? Attack. Yeah. yeah. All right, yeah. So, um... Blown up too many balloons, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> the question is, though is that in the tape piece, the balloon's completely gone, so his breath's gone. Is it still art? It depends if the art in that piece was the breath, was the actual physical air yeah. inside the balloon, oh, whether it was the or balloon. if it was the concept of the breath having been in the balloon, because that's he, still he, there. He described it as his, as his eternal soul. soul yeah. 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 Yeah, so... So if you want to go and look at deflated balloons, <laughs> head up to the Tate Modern. <laughs> Before Manzoni, work was about the actual object. And when Manzoni came along, he said, no, work doesn't have to be about an object. It can actually be about the thought, the idea and he produced several works called line works and what he did was he printed a line on a long sheet of paper and this was then coiled up and placed inside a sealed container and a label on the outside guaranteed the date and length and author of the work and many of these were produced with different lengths and they were sold under the condition that they would never be opened so we've got a schrodinger's art situation again haven't we Yes. Because we don't know that that's in there. No, you don't. And if they open it, then it's no. it's not that art anymore. With these works, he continued to do line uh, line works throughout. Was there a question of whether the art was in there or not, or did he just say it was in there? He's well, they don't know. He did draw line work. Apparently, one has been opened and it did have a line in it. Yeah, you presume there would all be lines in. I don't know about your piece, but I presume in this it sounds like there would all be... So why would he specify that you're not allowed to 
um, yeah, open that's, them and have a look. Yeah, that you're not supposed to. That's the point. It's the idea of there being in, uh, work in the box, oh, right, not yeah. the actual object itself. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is a theme that he ran with throughout his uh, life. His uh, short life. Yeah, his short life. And uh, he even produced uh, a ridiculously long line. This we do know about because he did it as a kind of performance. He produced the longest line in the world, and it was 7,200 7, metres long in 1960. I don't know if it's the longest line, but longest printed yeah. artwork. That, that would put off Mick Jagger, wouldn't it, a line that size? <laughs> other, other pop stars other not direct, allegedly <laughs> doing things are available. I um, don't think he's alleged, is he? Yeah. Well, I'm not going to reveal whether it's allegedly or not. Yeah. <laughs> and, if, and if you try and question it, it becomes an invalid joke. <laughs> so for this one, he enclosed it in a lead cylinder-shaped container and it was actually uh, buried. And he did intend to have a number of these placed in cities around the world. And the total length of the printed works would be equivalent to the circumference of the earth. I don't know what... For reasons of his own. Yeah, I don't know why that would... Equivalent, longer, or the exact amount? No, the exact amount of the world, yeah. Yeah, because we have all our arteries inside us are supposed to stretch around the world more than once, aren't they? Our blood vessels and everything. If you but if I opened out... you up, would you... Would that I'd become, I, I would become invalid, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good point, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> he also did performances and things where people could interact with the art. And one of his uh, most famous works was called Consumption of dynamic art and it came out in 1960 and basically what he did was he put thumbprints on eggs the artwork and he invited people to devour art now i'm a bit upset about this why because uh the idea of the viewer eating the eggs and consuming the art and therefore becoming part yeah. of an art piece yeah, yeah. is great but they were boiled eggs weren't they yeah so the thumbprint was on the shell of the egg, which you don't eat. Yes. You peel and throw away. Yeah. So it doesn't work for me. Oh. All right, yeah. Can I get seven now? <laughs> don't ask me. No. Because <laughs> I like men's only. <laughs> yes, no, I can I can see that. It, it does work for me still. I'd <laughs> eat the shell just to prove you You'd wrong. You'd have to eat the shell, wouldn't you, to eat the thumbprint? Because you're not eating the thumbprint if you eat the egg. Well... I probably would have eaten the shell because the first time I ate escargot, and I've only eaten escargot once, I don't want people who are vegetarian thinking I go around eating snails all the time, but I have eaten escargot and I didn't realise you weren't supposed to eat the shell. And when I first had pineapple, I said to my mother, this pineapple's a bit tough. And she said, you're not supposed to be eating the skin. So I probably would if I'd been young, girl. And your mother wasn't around. Yeah. <laughs> to direct me on how to engage with the art. Yeah. But didn't you do something similar yourself? I did. I um, printed onto rice paper discs. You wouldn't happen to have any rice paper discs would, on you. Actually. Oh, yes. Can we eat oh, your you art? Can. can you describe the art for people listening? It's a, or many, rice paper discs. 
with the words printed on them. The act of being eaten will turn this piece of paper into a piece of conceptual art. So okay. did you say this is rice paper? Is it, it is. edible? Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Have they all got the same thing written yes. on them? Yeah. So I invite you to eat it. Mmm. Oh, they're not bad. Look at my art. <laughs> I'm currently opening my mouth so I can show my stuck art. Stuck on the roof of my mouth. I don't know how well that translates in sound, but there's a lot of eating noises, and uh, we'll, we'll put a picture of the disc on, and maybe even a photograph of uh, one of us eating it. Yeah, so we've ha come across quite a few like food art bits. We had the Japanese mm. uh, guy. Yeah, who served up his bits. He served up his his testicular area. Yes. To a, a bank for a banquet. Do yeah. you know him? No. Lucy? Wow. <laughs> you probably don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> we can introduce you. <laughs> Um, as well as performances, he was one of the first, you know, first artists to sort of like look at self-promotion and getting himself known. And he used to um, even have, make sort of short films that be shown before uh, films in cinemas. And apparently people would like to sort of laugh and clap and, and he'd love this response. Manzoni was a really fun guy and he never took himself too seriously. You know, whatever reaction he got from his art, that was fine, you know. And however people interpreted it, it was fine. Sometimes I, he would feel that... I'm already a count. <laughs> <laughs> Do what you want with my art. I don't really care. I'm a count. <laughs> His view was let the work speak for itself and let people interpret it. And one of the ones he did, which was a quite... I saw it, it actually was quite humorous. Um, he had a life, uh, a life model and basically he was going to he was making portraits and the way he made portraits of his life model was he would just take a balloon and inflate it and what like a clown would do at a children's party yeah but just a balloon there was no kind of like it was just a balloon and he would just blow it up and then whenever he felt it was the right size he would, that would be it that would be the work done yeah so he didn't have any known mental deficiencies <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Well, <laughs> no, he didn't. Well, no, he didn't. So now, he's probably most famous for uh, this word. He, he made it in 1961, and it's called murder d'artista, uh, which means artist. Mm. Artist oh, shit. Oh, you said it. Sorry, Tom. I'm yeah. not. This will be the one and only time you don't get bleeped. So enjoy that word. All right. Enjoy that. Word. Shit. Oh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's like um, like Ron Seal. Like Ron Seal. Is it like Ron Seal? Like, Is that what it's it looks like? Ron Seal. <laughs> yeah. Don't look? don't you do any DIY around my flat? Oh, okay. Things <laughs> like Ron Seal. No, but is that what it looks like? That sort of tin. Now the tin is actually, um, it's shaped like a tin that you would get sort of a, a meeting. And on the tin reads the words artist shit and contents uh, 30 grams net, freshly preserved, produced and tinned, 
in May 1961. Now what he did was he actually produced 90 cans and in it he apparently sealed his own poop. See if only Andy Warhol had heard about this. He probably did hear about it didn't he? But he decided to put soup in his tins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there might be nothing in either tin. Well, that's the so question. So they might have made the same tin. Oh, right. That's Nightmare. possible. They could have done, yeah. Well, it's interesting because his sister uh, always maintained a doubt as to what they contained. He once asked her where he could obtain 100 cans of cheap meat. And she felt that he was not... He's not one for waiting Waiting, to waiting to do 100 or 200 yes. to fill the cans. <laughs> he wanted it yes. done in the afternoon. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. That's exactly the point. So if he's got an idea, he's not going to wait around to actually execute the idea. So that's why she thinks... <laughs> yeah that it may have uh, it may they may not actually contain anything yeah well he, he could have asked his sister to get the meats because he knew what the, yes. what effect they had on his bowels <laughs> <laughs> the thing is he wanted to create a work that was really intimate and personal to the artist and I suppose you can't get more personal than uh, your poop yeah I mean intimate might be a stretch too far for your poop personal okay I'm happy with that word <laughs> intimate <laughs> <laughs> and uh, interestingly enough in 1962 he sold one of his cans in exchange for 30 grams of 18 karat gold so this is the idea of the artist and sort of almost being an art alchemist same way that Duchamp he took a urinal turned it into a piece of art and his value went right up and this is the kind of the same it's continuing in that tradition and actually in 2016, one of these went for uh, roughly 275,000 euros, also about $300,000. I think he's also making a point about people's responses to the artist himself, that um, anything that he puts his magic on, even his own yeah, is therefore massively valuable and desirable. Yes. His breath, his you know, his thumbprint, everything. Yeah. Is, elevated to yes the the artist as alchemist yeah, yeah definitely has anybody ever opened these cans do we know i've heard that someone accidentally might have damaged one and uh, allegedly there was a pooey smell coming but out that meat after all this time probably yeah, wouldn't smell great was, <laughs> yeah yeah i want to know more about his sister his sister well yeah, she, she's blown it she's she blown it yeah <laughs> What? Well, she she believes that he used meat. She suspects, suspects that he may have used meat because the whole point was you don't open it. You have to take his poo on trust. I mean, we've all taken poo on trust at some point, haven't we? Yeah, particularly from a brother or sister. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that's going. <laughs> Not in a can in my house. He had this idea of transforming people into works of art as well. So he actually even signed people and said, you've become a work of art. And he'd give them a certificate of authenticity to state that they are work. Yeah, I mean, that's like, there's got to be some copyright issues there. What's that? With the, well, like... It's, well, with God. With God. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well with at least with God or like, you know, with your parents. Yeah. You know... Well, he went one further. In 1961, he created an upside-down plinth, which he placed on the ground, and it's called Socle du Monde, which is base of the world. 
and it was an upside down plinth and it made the whole world a work of art he just won art with that piece didn't he yeah he won every, it nailed it yeah everything and everything is his art yes and also I like the fact that it's upside down and it's kind of like a crazy topsy-turvy upside down world and I think we still live in that yeah but it looks like quite a small plinth because the earth's quite big compared to the size of that plinth isn't yeah. it but it floats right? it floats yeah it floats yeah <laughs> Now, a short advertisement break. Hello, delivery! Hello! Oh, hello there. I've got this turtle art print for you. Can you sign, please? Of course I will sign! You, sir, are a work of art! Oh, you've signed my arm! I can't believe it! I've never been so insulted in all my life! If you would like to receive a turtle art print without having to talk to pesky delivery men or indeed give your signature away for free head on over to modernartistrubbish.com where you can subscribe and download a high definition turtle art print for absolutely free. Now, in 1963, as we've already mentioned, he died of a heart attack. But the final piece was uh, created not by him but by another artist, a contemporary of his called Ben Vaultier. And what he did, he actually signed Manzoni's death certificate and then declared it to be a work of art. Um, good for him. <laughs> <laughs> but his art. What yes. was the guy's name who signed Ben it? Vaultier. So yeah. Manzoni's death certificate became a piece of work by... Another artist, Another yeah. artist. Okay. Silence. Silence, yeah. Well, you know, death certificates have, have always been fun, haven't they? <laughs> so, I thought I'd finish with a Manzoni quiz. Right, what the quiz is, is you have to work out whether it is by Manzoni. Cause okay, so idea, creation or not? Yeah, or not. Or is it another art piece made up okay. by someone else called me? And Ooh. it's called Manzoni or baloney quiz manzoni or baloney yes. number one was this an artwork or a concept by manzoni to create an artwork using vials of his own blood no somebody else yeah no it's too difficult for him to do in a day because he'd pass out yeah but he could use something else couldn't he <laughs> yeah. say he had wrong ah <laughs> oh, damn it was <laughs> right next one a sign placed at the start of exhibition with several artists. All the works in this exhibition are part of a greater work by the artist, signed Manzoni. So basically, he places a sign at the start of an exhibition, and all the works contained within that exhibition are declared by him or part of his artwork. So if he didn't do that, I'm definitely going to. Yeah, it sounds like <laughs> someone else, maybe. That's just. Have you just made it up? But I'm, I'm going baloney as well. Uh, baloney. Baloney. Yes. It's something I made up. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's good. Okay. A series of impossible sculptures only possible to be seen in the imagination only. It's like Yoko Ono again. Manzoni or baloney? Only possible to be seen in the imagination. Yeah. Because they're impossible sculptures. So I'm calling baloney. Yeah, I'm, I'm calling Yoko. Yeah, it's mine. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, right, next one. A magic box that people can stand on and they themselves become works of art. Manzoni. Yes. Finally, last one. Placing dead people in acrylic see-through boxes. Oh, come on, we've all done that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that goes on with his... Um mortal whatever what was that thing memento mori yeah memento mori so maybe manzoni yes (laughs) right Um, I declare the winner me okay well done Marcus (laughs) (laughs) well done we're so very good So um, that's it for our uh, Manzoni episode. Um, thanks for coming along again, Lucy. Pleasure, thank you. You're still number eight. Oh. <laughs> yeah, what number am I? Number five, Tom, number five. Wow. Number five, God, I've never even made a bit of art. So that was my second <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so um, just to say to people, if you uh, head over to the website, you can see links to the images we talked about. And please remember to subscribe to our email list and join us on Facebook, Instagram, Patreon, and Twitter and Pinterest. So it's just bye, isn't it, Tom? Bye. And bye, bye Lucy. Bye. 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 bye.